You're listening to the podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 108 for the week of May 5th, 2013. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast, to the longest-running podcast of A Song of Ice and Fire, and occasionally this little thing that nobody's ever heard of called A Game of Thrones. Um, I think we might want to talk about that one today. I think episode six, The Climb, came out, and I think we're going to chat about that a little bit. So, as always... This is Ashley. This is Amin. And this is Kyle. All right, guys, here we are, The Climb, episode six, and... um, I think I can safely say um, the most not book-like episode of this show we have ever had. So uh, <laughs> we got a lot to chat about this one. So let's start with our lemon cake ratings. What do you guys think? Um, two, and that's being nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you gave it two out of five. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, I had to think about this one for a while. I think that this episode is, was the worst of the season, even though there were good parts in it. So to be consistent with my my rating, which my lowest rating so far was 3.5, so I give it 3.25 out of 5. Okay. All right. Yeah, I... Uh, oh, God. Um, when I first watched the episode, my initial <laughs> reaction was, Oh, dear God, please someone shoot me in the face and end the suffering. <laughs> you need a Joffrey right then and there. <laughs> But then, uh, you know, that was my knee-jerk reaction. Mm. But then I rewatched it once, and I rewatched it twice, and I, and I'm so torn. I'm so torn here because on one hand, this is a wonderfully made show, yeah, and it's and it's beautiful and it's stunning and it's great work and everything. And I really want to just say, um, hold the show and be like, it's the show and rate it on the show. But then I start thinking, well, I'm on a podcast about the books. And how the show kind of relates to the books, and 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 um, and we can't just keep the show on its own merits. We gotta we gotta talk to it as it relates to the books and compare things and whatnot. And so uh, so with that regard, I'm gonna give it. Oh God, I keep going back and forth, but I'm gonna kind of give it a fluid 2.75. <laughs> okay, so is it passing right now or is it failing? <laughs> I think it's. Well, we don't know because yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. someone, someone on our passes. forum, yeah. someone on our forum said, um, and I quote, I can't remember who it was. He says, uh, "I've rated episodes before, and I subscribe to the view that we should use the full range of ratings available to us, mm. rather than rate everything between three point five and four point five. I don't know what the point of five lemon cake range is if you're not going to apply it to this show." I thought that's pretty accurate. We, we've been giving everything like between three and five. We, there's never been anything else. And uh, I, I admit my knee jerk was a bowl of brown. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to calm down a bit since then. I, I, see, I rate it against its, its own season. Like when you have such a good episode in episode five, then you have to be consistent when you rate episode six. So I, I don't even yeah. need to talk about the books when I rate it. I just look back at episode five and compare the two, right? I, I think I've been pretty consistent with my ratings as well. I just happen to have, uh, I don't want to say higher standards, but I, I'm a tougher rater. That's what I want to say. Mm. I mean, lemon cakes do not fall from my hands easily. <laughs> um, I think, if anything, it really shows what a difference the writer can make. Yeah. Mm. I mean, absolutely. I it's, think that's part of the thing that bothered me the most is not so much that. Everyone's saying, like, oh, it's an adaptation. You have to realize they're going to change things. Yes, I realize that, but there are ways you can change it with being a little bit better. Like, if they had to have the scenes they had, I can think of ways they could have written those same scenes but been truer to the books and what we got. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah, it's uh, the writing definitely does make it. I, I feel like because uh, uh, Benioff and Weiss co-wrote this one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and um, they don't use as many direct quotes from the books. And I and I feel like uh, that's because they're they're some of the busiest guys out there right now. I feel like they've got a million things going on, and um, maybe they don't have the time to go through like Brian Cogman does and go through the book multiple times and pull out actual quotes. Whereas uh, Benioff and Weiss kind of, you know, they they know the storyline and they just adapt it to their own thing. But um, but hey, it's their show. You can't always use the quotes. Like you have to adapt the quotes to to the thing. But and and, and David and Dan have done have done good work in the past. I just think this was just not their best work. They just yes. were off for this one. I don't know what happened, but I mean, we're, it still set up things for a really like good conclusion to the season. The next couple episodes should be great. Having mm. George back, right? So yeah, <laughs> he's writing the next episode, right? Yep. All right. Oh, he's not doing number nine. No, he no. did seven. Oh, who's doing nine? <laughs> Is that David and Dan? I guess. I don't know. They wrote. They wrote. They, they do most, most of, of them. The I think there's Vanessa Taylor does a couple. Uh, but I th- I'm guessing David and Dan do number nine because they, that's the one they've been looking forward to since the start. Yeah. So that's the one I figured they better get right, or George R. R. Martin's going to show up with a battle axe at the door. <laughs> <laughs> what do you that's mean, a- Caitlin's going to live? Whack! What do you mean? <laughs> I know parts of me afraid like certain characters are going to live, like Egret. Mm-hmm. But anywho, um, so why don't we jump into it, guys? Cool. Let's do it. Let's start off with. Um, um, one of my personal favorite scenes from the episode, the Sam and Gilly scene. Um, okay, if this this is a high point, then I'm I'm good with this scene. That was okay with. Um, I found this scene very charming, and uh, yeah. I heard complaints that it was weird that they were sitting having a peaceful fire while all that shit had just gone down. But you know what? It didn't really phase me. Um, they, they're running days and days and days to the wall, so you figured at some point they got to stop and you know eat something and whatnot. But um, I liked it. It was a nice, charming little scene full of sexual innu- innuendo. <laughs> Uh, put more wood in there. The bigger the the more wood, the better the fire. Oh yeah. God, mm, it's seven hundred foot tall. Oh, it's not that big, is it? Yes, it's that big. <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah. You see, that went right over my head, but of course you you got it right away. <laughs> I, I think that says a lot. <laughs> it was dirty. Oh, you sure know your fires. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he was trying to show off his dagger, right? Oh yeah. So yes, yeah. So we. Uh, so that's a, that's an important element of this scene. We show that Sam has indeed ho- held on to one of the obsidian daggers that they found on the fist of the first men in the second season. Um, he has no idea what it does yet, but he has it. He has it, which is setting up uh, hopefully Sam the Slayer. Oh, we'll see. I think probably yeah, if they're especially going to show it that that's foreshadowing that coming up. Yeah, yeah. And and I know people. People are not on the gilly train with me, but oh, she's so adorable. I just want to, I just want to hold her. This one, <laughs> she's so cute to me. Those doe eyes and the, the pure, just kind of dumb innocence. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, so that's you have that a Victoron crush for her. What's that? <laughs> it's like my crush on Victoron. I, I don't think you can compare Victorion with it in terms of like <laughs> they're very similar characters. Oh, there's people like hating uh, on Jilly, like oh, she's such an evil character and how much harm. <laughs> done. Yeah. Um. So yep. Yeah, um. Okay. 
Sounds like we don't have too much to say about that. Yeah. So then we go on to the only only brand scene of the episode mm. where we have uh, Mira and Osha not getting along. Uh, yeah, completely pointless scene. No, they have to show them. I mean, like doing something. It's not a <laughs> scene. Hmm. I think that's, that's a very common uh, common thread with me through this entire episode. I felt like there were. I felt like it was a very like candy popcorn kind of episode where you're like, <laughs> "Oh, this is fun and tasty and delicious," and then after it's over, you were like, "Well, that had absolutely no now, nutrition." Now you've brought out your teeth. Whatsoever. Your teeth are rotten now. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much that, but it's just like a lot of these scenes felt like, "Oh, these are cool scenes," and then afterwards, I'm like, "But nothing happened." Like, nothing changed, or it didn't progress a story forward. My my biggest com- – it's funny. I, I, as I watched this episode, I thought um, a lot of you complain about Feast and, and Dance being um, – you know, there's so much going on, but at the same time, absolutely nothing happened. That's what I felt like about this episode. Like, it was a whole hour's worth of stuff, and at the end of it, I felt like three important things happened. Um but, so what do yes. you think of the uh, Mira and Osha? Like I, I, I always thought that they would get along well, but because maybe because they're so similar, then that's why they're clashing. Because that can happen when mm. two people are so similar, their egos can can clash. Yeah, I, I think that's. Uh, I think they're both very strong women who uh, who you know want to take care of their the, the younger dude like that they're with. I guess that tried it. That sounded kind of like relationship whatnot, <laughs> but I didn't mean it like that. That's meant two very strong women um, who care about uh, the person they're taking care of at the moment and kind of butting heads and um, yeah, I. I yeah, I, I I I can see that. Yeah, that's fine. That interaction is fine. It's you know obviously not in the books, but it's it's cool. It's it's cool they don't get along. And when do you guys think they're gonna eventually split off Osha and Rickon? Hmm. I don't even know if they're gonna do that at this point. <laughs> you think they're gonna stay with them the whole time? I think it's. I think they'll split off. It's hard to predict when they'll do it though. Like, uh... <laughs> Uh, Tim's Cheechin on on Twitter says, uh, "My question is: Am I the only one who thinks that Mira and John look way too similar? <laughs> Not if Howland Reed is John's father." So. <laughs> Mira looks similar to more of what I pictured Asha looking, except mm. you know, curlier hair. Yeah, interesting. So her hair was so straighter. I think she looked just like Asha. So Jojen has like these seizures or something like. Or yep, <laughs> Jojen has seizures during his dreams. And uh, can somehow th- see through the magical wall. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I so mean, if, if the crow can communicate through the wall, then like, people can do that, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess it's not such a much a barrier in the show anymore. Um, yeah. Jennifer Wall- Wallets on Facebook said, I would pay to see Osha and Mara do fur bikini mud wrestling to work out their issues. <laughs> <laughs> did it was, did, were you watching with anybody who was like put off by the rabbit skinning? Because uh, a, nope. a couple people that couldn't watch it, it was just like too. Oh God! Did they turn away for other scenes of this episode? Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of like turn away, either like animal or person cruelty in this episode hmm. that couldn't be watched. No rabbits sure. skinning, but could they send a little Theon skinning? Oh yeah, oh. that was the theme of the episode. Skin. Skin. So uh, next, let's move on to. Um, Let's go. With, let's go to John. Let's do it. Let's do one of the big parts here. So John on the, his side of the wall. He has a little scene with Egret, and then up the wall they go. So, uh, what do you guys think about John? What do you guys think about Egret knowing John is not is not a wildling? Is not a traitor? Mm. Mm. 
I think it was sort of hinted at a little bit in the books that she had sort of suspected. Okay. I think it makes sense that she would suspect something and, and she's, I mean, she has a certain cunning intelligence. So yes, a certain cunning intelligence. Um, <laughs> Don't ever betray me, John. I I couldn't help but thinking like they're making this connection. Don't ever betray me. This and that, and and you know, obviously leading up to the betrayal. But um, part of me, part of me is just scared they're not going to kill her, and she's just going to be chilling at, at at Castle Black with him. Um, I don't know what makes me think that, but please don't. <laughs> Come on. No, they're they're um, gonna they're gonna have to. That's that's why they're they've been building up all these connections to try to make that hit you hard when she dies. Yeah, the TV viewer especially. So, so, did you guys uh, find this uh, visually stunning? The wall climb. Yeah, I thought it was cool. My God. Yeah, it was. Pretty yeah, beautiful. but I would have preferred them actually building John's relationship with the wildlings, not just his woman. That's mm. his... Well, John. I mean, Tormund seems a little bit friendlier this time. <laughs> yeah, he actually cracked the joke. There you go. And John actually smiled yeah. at one point. But he should have been like, you could have grabbed hold of my member if you're going to fall off or something. So He's <laughs> <laughs> like, when I get to the top, I'll drop my member down. You can yeah. climb up. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this the, the climb, uh, the wall climb, for me, is one of my most memorable moments from the book. Like, I had such a vivid image of that. So personally, I was a little disappointed watching it on screen, even though they did an amazing job. It was just one of those moments in the book that could just never live up. Um, and, and I knew that going in, but I think I think the the uh, the CGI and everything I thought was pretty stunning in this in this scene. It was beautiful. Um, and uh, the only thing I could think of what the whole time was like I've done rock climbing before, and there was no way I could ever climb something that high <laughs> without you know my arms just be exhausting falling off yeah it's huge <laughs> yeah absolutely i would be so tired so um i felt like they expanded it here though i like it, this was more epic than the books in terms of climbing it they put more of a focus on it i think in the books they just like oh, made it all yeah, you know, they lost people on the way but i, I think i never really saw the book the wall as with as being as high as it actually is yeah <laughs> hmm. Without the show, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm completely opposite. I mean, it was just, uh, um, yeah, the, it was just so much more epic. I mean, they had the whole to me, uh, like the when the wall breaks, it's a race. Like they're all like first to the top, you know, and they're racing up there, and then one of them just loses it and, and it crumbles down, and then you have John down below, and I remember where he walks up to the wall, and there's just all the bodies like hanging in the trees <laughs> um, after the fall and everything, and uh, Mm. Yeah. Cool. I did like that little book nod when Tormund was like, "Oh yeah, you know, before it would there were no trees miles close to the wall, but now, you know, now they're all over the place. You crows are coming less and less." That was pretty cool. Um, so then eventually they get up to the top, um, and uh, they're gonna attack Castle Black with four men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are they gonna let a rope down? And let some other people come up? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, someone said that they could see more people climbing up, you know, a little ways down. Okay. Yeah. I re I rewatched it uh, after reading that comment, and uh, I didn't see that. Oh, um, okay. But I, but I do think that there are eight men on top of the wall because I'm pretty sure there were four groups of four in the initial shot, and two of them were destroyed in the uh, in the ice slide. Um, so that would mean that there were eight people left. But uh, I only see. Um, the main four up at the top. So 
I think there are eight up there, but still, eight's a little small. <laughs> yeah, to take a, a somewhere. castle that supposedly <laughs> has a thousand people. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. No, I don't, it doesn't have a thousand, though. He's, he's got, he exaggerated that. Yeah, but still, I think so, we have yeah. more than eight. <laughs> yeah. But Torben Giants Bank can take on 20 people. Yeah, just exactly. Just... He just whips it out and slaps them all. Um <laughs> Somebody asked, uh, uh, A Baldwin3287 on Twitter asked, any idea how they're going to get Tormund back on the other side of the wall? He, he just jumps down. It's no big deal. <laughs> He's the one who treats the whole alliance, right? Mm. Between John later on. I mean, I'm, and there's a million ways you can get him back over there. You know, he can run run through the cave during the battle before the giant comes in or something. And um, I mean, there's a million ways, or you could just have another character do it. But uh, do you guys think they're going to kill Tormund? Well, he's not exactly a character in this one, so I think it's like random wildling number whatever they'd end up killing. Uh, well, as long as he's alive, he can be developed. So if you kill him off, he's not going to be developed. So I'm hoping they keep him alive somehow. Yeah. I think it'd be better because there's a real like connection. Obviously, there was a connection in the book, but, but John and Tormund are, are building a connection now. And if Tormund survived and went back to the Wildlings and, and a season from now, you see them come out and treat with each other. Um, I think that would be a pretty powerful moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that could be really cool. Very cool. So, uh, so they reach the top in the show now. Egret really loves the wall, and they eventually reach the top, and we get this. Uh, personally, I thought beautiful green screen moment um, of their two worlds, like they're in the middle of their two worlds joining, where uh, Egret and John look out north to Egret's world, and then turn around, and boom, there's John's world in the south. And I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a nice way to end the show. Hmm. And, uh, Pretty uh, visually stunning, I thought. Do so you think that John is going to kill uh, Orel? Orel is Orel, yeah. Um, I don't know. The nice guy, to, nice guy of me came out, and I was like, you know what? You had to cut me off, otherwise I would have killed you two, and then I would have felt <laughs> bad in the afterlife. But um, uh, I think I think John understands, and I think he knows that he needs to keep his cool because he's going to kill him anyway once he gets back to the castle. Um, but uh. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't have a really dumb moment where he gets to the top of the wall and somehow not exhausted, like, fights RL and gets into a fight with him. I'm glad they didn't yeah. do that. But he's not going to forget what happened. So he's not. <laughs> oh, yeah, he won't forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally won't forget. Yeah, so um, anything else on uh, John stuff? Nope. All right, then let's skip to uh, another big change in the episode. Let's go to the Brotherhood. Ooh. Um, and. Everything that happened with the brother. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's talk about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> All right, just let Ashley. it out. Just let it out. Don't just don't let it out, Ashley. We can, we, we can always we can always discuss the finer details afterwards. But oh. just let it out. I just uh, I just hate changes. <laughs> so I just say I just irrationally hate changes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, don't lump me in with that that comment like <laughs> don't lump me. In with that. I know these are Ashley's views. Yeah. This is Ashley's. Ashley, corner Ashley's here. doing like the straw man thing. Just hates changes. I'm I'm doing like no. I don't necessarily hate I, changes. I, I just hate them when they're crap. That's yeah. I, I I do it like from a writer's perspective in that I can think of ways I could accomplish the same thing but be more faithful to the book. And I think that's why I get upset. Well, the whole point, I mean, we obviously all know the whole point of this giant change, bringing Melisandre to the Riverlands and the Brotherhood, um, is How about to... that TARDIS, eh? I'm sorry? <laughs> she's borrowed Littlefinger's TARDIS. Oh, yeah, she's teleporting all over the place. <laughs> um, 
But the the main reason she's there is to uh, get Gendry so that we can replace Edric Storm with Gendry in the books. Um, believe that's the main point of having this whole this whole change. Um, so that kind of like, that. What, what's up? It's like I understand them wanting to conserve characters, but they're doing it at the expense of like half a dozen other characters. I mean, if the only way to make it work in their heads is to, like, destroy the Brotherhood's reputation, then um, maybe it's not that great an idea. Yeah, but really, what what real significance has the Brotherhood done? Like, what is changing them from a nice little band to kind of a, you know, not nice little band? Well, they're sellouts now. Like, they're, they're, they're selling this guy, like, either for, like, religious zealotry or money or both and that's not something they would have done under Beric maybe under like Lady Stoneheart but not under Beric I, th- I thought you might be mad about that since like they're ruining your guy Beric's reputation here basically well I mean what what were they doing with Arya in the book weren't they they were just keeping her for see Arya they were, well, ran- they they were ransoming but that, that's almost like that's realistic first of all she they could have ransomed her back yeah. to the Lannisters for yeah. more yeah they could have and she wanted to go home and it's basically like an escort fee like, like that. There's nothing wrong with that. Whereas you're selling Gendry against his will for whatever thing that's going to happen to him. That's a huge difference. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't like. I don't like that the Brotherhood are these religious zealots now. I, I never got that impression in the book. I get. I always thought like you know Thoros and Beric and probably a few people who turned because they saw Beric come back to life were kind of like Lord of Light stuff. But I never took the Band of Brothers as uh, you know uh, Lord of Light all the way. We're we are all <laughs> believers. This is this is the true yeah. way of life. Um, That's another thing that bothered me was that I what I loved in the books was the fact that they showed different levels of the religion like and you could see in one hand the lord of light seemed really good and then in the hands of another person it seemed really bad and i liked how it showed like it's not like there's one good religion and one bad religion it's people's interpretation of it and here we just got like oh he's just a bastard yeah well yeah well yes in my initial viewing i was like why are they vilifying the lord of light like the lord (laughs) of light is uh, and and don't call me a believer but in the books i wasn't i wasn't like the lord of light is evil i was like oh all the religions are doing their thing and they've all got their you know religious aspects like every religion in the world you have bad people doing bad things in the name of that religion and people doing good things in the name of that religion and in my initial viewing I, i i agreed i was like they're vilifying it what the fuck i'm pissed but then in, in subsequent viewings, I didn't really get that reaction. I really got um, Melisandre is kind of uh, kind of using it in weird, creepy ways that may not necessarily be evil, but they're really weird and dark. And Thoros is using it in a beautiful way to bring back life to his best friend. Um, and so in subsequent viewings, I didn't get the impression that they were really vilifying the Lord of Light. But uh, And they did give you that dico- the di- dichotomic view or yeah. – Dichotomic. I just totally made that up. But um, they, they they have different views. I mean, that's the one th- thing I thought might be interesting to see the two of them interact because they have different views. And, and Thoris shows that initially. He's like, "You worship him your way. I'll worship him mine." And that makes sense. But they just undercut the Brotherhood because they were, you know, they were like they would go to this place where they allow, like they didn't pray for the night, not to offend the other people that were there. They, they were more open and not they were not zealots and they were not and they they do slide slowly toward like problems later on when they have Stoneheart and. And then they break apart. But it seems like David and Dan were like, ooh, we're going to be clever here and like make the Brotherhood look like they're a false Brotherhood or whatever and make it worse th- th- than it was in the books. I don't know. I, I, I didn't like that 
the selling of Gendry. I mean, they could have even fooled him. They could have just been like, hey, they're here to get him, and then like later on trick him. They just kind of just threw him on the wagon like this cow. Yeah, like, she off to the slaughter through his tea, her teeth. To the slaughter. Like, it was just pathetic. But <laughs> the, the, the only thing that's going to affect here is this is the reason why Arya might run away. She, she might be pissed about this. She'll run away and then get caught by the hound. I think that's going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the consequences um, of it. Okay. Um, my big problem uh, was from a writing standpoint with the whole selling of Gendry. Um, they make they start off the scene like when it slips when it goes to Gendry, he's talking with Angai and showing him how he can make these weapons that the Brotherhood needs. They're like, oh, yeah, I can craft these and everything. And they're showing how useful and how money-saving Gendry can be (laughs) as an expert blacksmith for this band of brothers who need arrowheads and swords and things. And and, and they should have just not written that part because then immediately after, they're like, yeah, we're selling them for money. I was like, that dude's going to save you so much money if you keep him because you don't have to buy all these weapons. You can just freaking have him like make all this stuff and oh god blacksmith are so valuable i feel like i feel like that was just a bad choice of writing on my part that kind of stuck out in my head um they should have not had him showing how useful he could be before they sell him how are they going to get him back there i mean like is he just going to borrow her tardis to go back and why would he go back why would he go back is the question he's not going to want to join them but well is he going to go back i mean we don't know if gendry has any significance i know he kills blighter yeah but does he is he gonna have any significance yeah. in the brotherhood? I, I, We're not gonna even see Biter anymore, I think, right? Like uh, we haven't seen anything of Biter, so. Oh. Yeah. I, I think his story can't be over, right? Like, we he's been you know this character that we've had from the beginning. I think he's gonna have some sort of significance by the end. Uh, I don't necessarily think so. Mm. Um. I don't think his character arc is done at this, this point. His story is not necessarily tied to the Brotherhood. So, like, if he goes somewhere else, he can still have the same end point. Yeah, that's true. We don't know where it goes yet. But the thing <laughs> is, they don't know either. So, for all they know, it could be well, very maybe important they do. that he's back with Ashley, the Maybe they yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but Melisandre tells Gendry that you will make kings rise and fall. So, she's going to leech him. Yeah. I thought, like, okay, well, yeah, there's a few options. I guess they could sacrifice him, they could leech him. Like, that's probably what's going to be the leech, or she could sleep with him to get the, the, the seed. But uh. Whoa, Gendry. As long as he's got yeah, his shirt off, fans happening. will be happy. Yeah, I don't think that's... Um, Wait, they're going to leech him, right? right? And then Davos is going to help him escape. Yeah. Right? That seems to be popular opinion. How did you find uh, Melisandre, like, groping up uh, Beric and stuff and like, being, like, shocked by that? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I... I was really torn on this whole part. I just... <laughs> this whole scene was like fan fiction, and not necessarily good fan fiction. Like, I mean, it had some good parts in there. I mean, like seeing Thoros's story and he's talking about what he did in King's Landing was good. Yeah, I love I love Thoros' backstory. Because yeah. um, I, I actually didn't know much about Thoros, so I, you know, I wikied him afterwards, and he pretty much they pretty much kept true. He was sent over to Westeros to convert um, Ares um, to the Lord of Light, and uh, failed. And so he became drinking buddies with Robert. I don't think they even mentioned Ares in here, too. They just went straight to Robert. But, I mean, yeah, they that just was still, still his thing, too, to get Robert. And he just <laughs> totally makes sense. But I didn't know that about Thoros. I was like, are they making this shit up? Because I, I thought he was Westerosi. I didn't even realize he was Mir- Mirish. I know. Uh, stupid me. Shocking lack of knowledge. Thoros of Mir? Well, he, 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 but, he sound, but he sounds – he has no accent almost, right? Like he's picked up the language well, so I could see – 
Why? Yeah, he's got no accent. Exactly. So, you know, I had a very stupid moment where I forgot Thoros was not Westerosi. And uh, I was like, this dude's speaking high learning And I, <laughs> once again, knee-jerk reaction. I was like, what the fuck? And then, I, and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, totally. That all makes sense. And, and then I really liked it. And, it, and it's a, I feel like that's, yeah. that could be an exact backstory of him. Um, he was uh, sent to King's Landing in hopes he could convert the fire-obsessed King Ares II. However, well, he was that unsuccessful. actually makes sense, you know. Yeah. The guy's obsessed <laughs> with fire. You'd think that he'd be kind of partial. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. Um, I I don't know how I feel about Melisandre knowing or about bringing people back to life. Is that is that something she would be aware of? Is that a shocking new power? Because they don't all have the same abilities. It's all what the Lord of Light does through them. So. Oh, I, th- I think that she's probably going to give the kiss to John. <coughs> John Snow. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the ways he could be saved is through that. I agree. Um, uh, Kadai on the forum said, uh, also, I thought Mel, a true priestess of the Lord of Light, turning up and marveling at Beric's ongoing resurrection was important in terms of highlighting that this is extremely unusual and powerful magic. Without the clarification, TV viewers are likely going to think that Thoros could pull this thing off with ease. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it definitely did get out the fact that this was unusual that this doesn't happen all the time and shouldn't happen yeah and then then he just listens to whatever she wants to say you know you have your own authority and he starts like that but then you just like here take him hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh like yeah. he, he has as, as good as a claim as any to speak for the god like because he's like doing these things here right so i don't know i like I, the, the concept of the two of them meeting each other was interesting and there were interesting things there but They've done some good work in the past. So yeah. I have hope for the red, red I think the red wedding will be their the time to mm. shine. So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can certainly see what they're trying to do and whatnot, but the execution of it left me a little underwhelmed. Um Yeah, cool. Cool. So uh so let's talk about Ari and Melisandre. Also another meeting that never yeah. happens in the books. But apparently may happen. I don't know about yeah. you guys. This is my uh, <laughs> this is this scares the ever living shit out of me. <laughs> As a reader, yeah. As a reader, if they start, if this is an actual hint or foreshadowing, or George trying to uh, slip in future spoilers through the show, I, part of me is like, there was a, I was like, oh shit, I got to stop watching the show. <laughs> moment that I had yeah. because I don't want to know what's going to happen in future books. This this scared me. This line yeah. scared me. That Melisandre telling Arya that she will see her again. Yeah, I was hoping it like there's different interpretations of this. One is like maybe she'll because remember she sees Alice Karstark later on, so maybe she'll get a fuzzy vision and then she thinks it's Alice Karstark mm, or something true. right now. So hopefully that's <laughs> what they're referring to. Yeah, I'm just I'm categorizing this under them just making shit up. It's kind that's of a ca- scary part yeah. though. We don't know. We don't know if they're making it up or if I'm going to be reading, um, you know, the Dream of Spring, and all of a sudden I'm going to get to a chapter and Melisandre walks in and or Arya walks in on Melisandre. I'm going to be like, fuck. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because it is possible that that's, that's that's the thing. Like, people have been kind of there are theories out there that maybe she'll be see John again or something go to the wall. And this is like it's like a spoiler. It's a spoiler built into there if that's what it is. Yeah. But when why would it why why this then this, if this is coming up why would this be the one they selected and is that something I, I think that they're um I think that they've did it, done it this way just because they can use the Car Stark angle as an out. Oh, okay. So it leaves it open for them to 
either they turn out to be have a gamble and it turns out to be correct and they do run into each other or if not they'll just you know play it off that it was just the vision that she gets wrong mm. i hope she just gets it wrong <laughs> that's what we're just going to tell ourselves that's what she's the best at so <laughs> but i mean Steven- they mixed her character with like the the little like person or whatever like or the oh, high heart high heart thing oh yeah that's yeah, the whole high heart thing. I don't. I don't remember the high heart too well. Ghost of high heart. I just remember that she was didn't like Arya. But the thing is, Arya in the book at this point is a lot darker <laughs> than Arya in the show. That's mm. still something that bothers me. I don't. I don't see this Arya becoming a cold-hearted assassin. Well, maybe just maybe after her friend got sold out by the Brotherhood that she liked. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, like a- well, we saw in the preview for next episode that she worships death. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Jacobs on, on Facebook says, and can somebody explain to me why how the Brotherhood without banners can remain hidden for months or years, and yet Mel can set sails from Dragonstone, landing who knows where in Westeros, and has no problem or no hindrance in finding them? Does that ruby necklace she wear have GPS in it? Jeez. I think they kind of like, I mean, Beric kind of takes that as like, oh, the, the Red God brought you here. Mm. So that's that's kind of why they... I guess, except yeah. their authority, but they don't have to. Yeah, I think the real problem is no hindrance either. They're just Stannis yeah. men walking through the woods. Yeah. Oh, that's. I, I was funny. I was thinking, was she going to have an escort or not? Because if it's just her going through like the battle raged Westeros, I mean, do you think she's going to make there alive like this? <laughs> like Gregor and people like Gregor, do you think they're going to care that she's a priestess? Like that's going to be the end of her. I can just her. picture the 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 road behind her, littered with men who tried to rape her, with their penises just burnt off, <laughs> toasted everywhere. Well, I mean, Stannis, like, almost killed her right then and there. She doesn't really have any physical capability to protect herself. Well, so, I don't know. when they try to sleep with her and a fucking shadow demon baby grabs their penis and rips (laughs) it off inside of her vagina. (laughs) All right, so, um, oh, yeah, uh, another thing between Mel and Arya, she says, uh, talks about her eyes, all these different colored eyes, and they will Mm. be closed forever. Was that a little hint to the whole uh, blind cliffhanger? There was a lot of interpretations of that. That was one of them, yeah. That one, or the fact that all these different eyes are the faces of the people she killed. Yeah, yeah. Or so. just, or just the just the faceless men changing faces, kind of mm. changing the color of her eyes. There we go. <coughs> so all right, yeah. So uh, one last thing, I thought this scene was very awkwardly acted. The taking of Gendry. Yeah, it was. It's just they, they they were kind of forcing him to march, but he kind of like, eh. and like. Yeah, I don't know. it was just funny seeing him on the cart. It was like laugh out, like everybody I was watching with laughed because he just like looks like this like lamb or like this cow on the cart. <laughs> he's been like carted away. And he's like <laughs> to be sacrificed to Valor. <laughs> oh man! All right, so moving on, let's yeah. go to Theon and Ramsay, or who we uh, who we all think is Ramsay, yeah. but still hasn't said his name yet. Um, mm. Yeah, this is, uh, we get more torture, and uh, public opinion, what I've been coming across is that uh, people are like, get on with it already, and yeah. this uh, this makes me a little nervous, because Theon's got a whole, you know, couple more years to be tortured, um, and nothing but tortured, so where are they going to go with this? Yeah. Um, they can't just keep torturing him every single episode to keep him on the show, Um I'm wondering. I don't know, but we have we do have that little hint that um, Ramsey thinks it would be fun to hunt Bran and Rickon. So maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna hunt them, and that's what's gonna split up Osha and them. And then I don't know. I don't know. I, I always felt like that was a reference to book readers to be like with that line, just to be like, you know, that's what happened in the books. 
like another reference. Oh, true. Like a back reference. But but I but I do think that if he, he knows they're alive, he's going to go after them. So it's kind of both. Mm. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah, so. it just seems excessive to me. I mean, like I guess they can do it and whatever. But you know, they have five million plus viewers right now, and do they need to see this much of it going on? Well, they, yeah, they will. But they're gonna, they seem to have more scenes of it coming up. It's like how much are you going to show here? Yeah, I'm for the cost of other scenes. Yeah, if I were Alfie Allen, and I'd be like, "Wait, I'm tied to this stake for how many seasons?" <laughs> like, because um, he—I mean, in order for him to get off the cross and 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 do stuff, Stannis needs to get up there, right? <coughs> Stannis needs to make his presence known in the north. But oh my God, there's so much that needs to happen before Theon comes into play. Point. Oh, I just don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with his storyline to keep viewers engaged. Um, because if they keep torturing them, oh, God, it's going to be, I don't know. It just seems to have a lot of screen time. If they keep giving it this much screen time, it seems it seems a bit more. I mean, that's what Elio and Linda were talking about, too. Like, like, like horrific, horrific, yes, well acted, yes, but necessary, especially compared to other scenes. Well, for mm. now, it's okay. But if we're going to get this a lot of this coming up, it seems much. So Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they should just, you know, start skipping yeah. episodes. He doesn't need to be in every episode. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Danny has been. It's been they've been pretty good with Danny this season and not overdoing it like they did last season. Mm. Yeah, you know, just showing what was necessary instead of you know making us hate her. Mm. Well, everyone knows that the bastard is. Well, I mean, they don't know who he is exactly, but they know that this guy is like evil. They know that. So <laughs> that's yeah. been drilled in their head. Um, I find it, I also find it confusing that people don't know who he is. Because mm. uh, there was uh, Roose Bolton well, said in the end of season two that he was sending his bastard to yeah. go, you know, deal with Winterfell. But they and didn't show a clip like that the, at the start of the episode, so we don't. What's that? <laughs> they didn't show a clip of that at the start of the episode <laughs> last time in Game of. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that's why people can't remember that Roose has said that twice. Because he also said it I, in the beginning of this season. Mm. I don't think you realize how many people I had to explain last season's ending to. Like, mm. no one who is not... Like, even book readers couldn't figure it out. And, you know, they should have been able to figure it out. Yeah. And I was at conventions trying to explain this final scene. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what happened. I'm just like, all right, you guys tell me what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I feel like more people would know. I, I just... Um, yeah, I don't know. Um Oh, apparently Alfie Allen like broke down in one of these scenes, like for real. Like it was. So- I, I imagine it was this one. Yeah. Um, that's probably him really breaking down. Because I have a feeling that we're not going to see Theon for a little while after this. Mm. I feel like that now that we've got the ball rolling, kind of yeah. on that Theon is being so tortured and played with and fucked with and trolled. Um, I really feel like you can give him an episode, like a couple episodes of not being there, and then come back to him, and people will, and he'll be missing fingers and stuff, and people know. Yeah. People know. Um, but don't mm-hmm. give us more and more of this. Stuff, I think. <laughs> Did you guys? Um, there was a really cool transition to the scene. I, 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 I thought anyway, because right before the scene, we had John climbing the wall. And then immediately, uh, this scene it transitions to this scene with Ramsay blowing a horn, and the whole horn and the wall. I thought that was kind of a cool little nod to readers. I thought mm. um, that transition. But also just the horn blowing that pissed them off last season. Like, yeah, that's what I got it as a reference to. <laughs> True. Which again should have shown the, the the watchers who the guy was. Go. What was that? What, what was the horn that he had? Was it like a 
what is it, a Vuvuzelers. I was reminding me of the last World Cup. <laughs> what? Because at the last World Cup, they I... had this, this horn. Go ahead, Ashley. No, it's not quite that horn. I know, but I mean, it was freaking annoying because you're trying to watch <laughs> soccer. And then, you're trying to watch soccer and it's like, like going on all the time and it was crap. So that, <laughs> that reminded yeah, me of Africa's that. South Africa's not getting the World Cup anytime yeah. soon again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that theme yeah. scene was wonderfully acted. So let's move on to Rob and his meeting with the phrase mm. and the fallout. So, you know, last time we saw the blackfish and I mentioned, hey, I kind of have a new crush on him. <laughs> yeah, that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the douchefish? Oh, yeah. yeah I, no. I termed him the douchefish slash the thugfish. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in that character. He's yeah. so oh, he's so badass in the Was books because he... he's... <laughs> In this one, he's just not bad. He's just an asshole. Um, Unfortunate. Unfortunate. (laughs) He has his conflicts with Edmure in the books, but he never does what he does in in the scene like this. He's just so disrespectful, so dumb. And, I mean, I guess they're not even talk. They're not going to even deal go with the fact that he didn't get married because he's just like, I'm going to, like, beat with my fist, even though... I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) Yeah, so that's not even... That hasn't even happened. Yeah, that hasn't happened as far as the show is concerned. Um, Yeah, it's like, what? You can't have a non-stereotypical gay character? Is that it? Or they just don't even want to bother with that speculation? Um... Yeah, well, I was thinking about this because later on with the Laura scene and how overtly uh, flamboyant ridiculous stereotype yeah. that is. Um, I'll get into if, that. If, if they are writing Blackfish, if if they as they're writing it, if they're under the impression or under the assumption that he is a gay character, they are definitely writing some different gay characters. That's a plus, right? But, but he already was a different gay character in the book. That's the thing. He already, if he was a gay character, he was already a non-stereotypical one, anyways, and a complex one, right? Yes. So they didn't need to do this to thug him up. Well, that, I mean, my, my my point was the the writers aren't pigeonholed to writing flamboyantly gay stereotypes. Yeah. Like if they're under the impression that the blackfish. But is do you, did, if they were if they were thinking that he is gay, you'd think they would have made some references to like at least the mar- like they cut that reference earlier, right? Yeah. So it seems like they're not making the references there, so they're just like not going there. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, they they can't think of any way to to you know fabulize him, so they're like, well, we can't go there. Fabulize. <laughs> I love it. I love. They're it. like, oh, sh- sh- uh, show watchers won't get that he's gay, so we should just cut it out because you know we can't make it you know avert in their face. <laughs> you know who's also being a douchebag to me? Rob Stark. I'm not liking him. I'm not liking him. He's so like, yeah, I fucked up, but you can deal with the consequences. He's so like, I mean, he has the line yeah. where he's like, "Thank you, you're, you're, you have to go through this because of my mistakes." But he says it in such like a, "I'm the king, I can marry who I want, and you got to just deal with it." Like, it was still at least thankful. Like it was still something there. Yeah, I didn't mind it that much. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was the black pish that bothered yeah. me. <laughs> There you go. The douche so fish. They just said that, like, I mean, yes, they merged him with Great John in some ways, but not even the Great John was, like, a douche. At least, like, not to his family. Do I look so. like a fucking umber to you? <laughs> oh, we forgot the line. I'm sorry, in the torture scene. What was the yeah. line? Uh, if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Oh, God, that's a good line. Huh? That's a good line that I hope oh, viewers... Oh, yeah, how, how do you guys feel about Theon not being able to guess where he is? I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's obvious where he is, but, you know, when he you know starts losing skin, I think that's when it should start clicking in. Well, yeah. Theon knows about the Houses of the North, too, like the cross and things like that and who was outside. I think he would have figured it out by now, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, but... um. 
but yeah, I, I hope that if you haven't been, if you think it has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Line, I, I hope, I hope readers heard that as much as viewers, because <laughs> I don't feel like these books are going to have a happy ending. No, it'll be um, bittersweet. Bittersweet was the quote <laughs> from George. But um, so anywho, so yeah, back to Rob. Uh, we get the phrase saying that this <laughs> alliance can continue as long as um, Ed Muir marries Rosalind Frey. Um, yeah. In contrast to Blackfish, Edmure again, I thought was handling his lines very well. Yeah, I love yeah, the I actor. I really like. I really like this actor. Yeah, we should get mm. him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy I would like to talk. And we could talk about Rome too. When he's there, we go. <laughs> well, we're going to be seeing a lot of him. I mean, he'll be stuck on a noose for uh, months. So, well, I want to see how he's going to be at the red wedding. Right? It's going to be good to. And in fact, can we kind of talk at, about at, the red wedding now? Like, yeah, let's uh, talk about the red wedding. Red wedding talk. At, 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 at this point, I can just see uh, douchefish being like, "Yep, hang him." <laughs> Problem solved. So, <laughs> but uh, at the red wedding, like we don't have any northern advisors that are still loyal. Like, where the hell are the northern? Like, where's the great John? I know they had to like he couldn't make it for a couple of seasons, but they could have cast his brother, the middle John, or something. Like they needed to. Or his son. The just right John. But, that's uh, just right, John. The horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. When they get to that point, I mean, it's yeah. just going to be random Stark men being killed. Yeah. Like, this is not going to have it any. Loses that meaning, right? Like, you have like they should have some more northern people that have been around, yeah. and then you'll feel it when they die or they get captured. But at this, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like well, we haven't seen Mormont either, have we? We saw her in like season yeah. one. We saw like Mage Mormont like in the background saying stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. where where are they? It's just like just the black. Like it's like. I don't know. And they just give it. They give away Harrenhal like nothing. It's like we're fighting for the North. It's like where's the Northmen then? You just have two like Tullys with you here, and that's <laughs> that's it. But from a viewing standpoint, yeah. I feel like killing Rob and slicing Catelyn, killing her and killing um, the Wolf. Um, I feel like those three deaths are going to be jarring enough to viewers that we don't need to know all of Rob's merry men in order for it to be as impactful. No, that but, shit's going to hurt emotionally for but television. But it, it would be better. I, I mean, like, it, it, if you, it, it would just make it even better if they had something. Because now he only had Karstark and Bolton. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he only but, had disloyal people with him. But there, Great John so. doesn't even die. No, but he's badass. He gets people's ears off and he gets shot. But he, like, <laughs> this is That's so weird because he had his ear beard I know. Off. <laughs> the actor had his ear bit off in a hotel by yeah. rowdy neighbors. If you guys didn't hear that story, before. he was he was great in season one. Like it's it's a shame they couldn't get him back. And oh, if they can't get him back, get somebody else at least. Do yeah. something. It's just this. It's I don't know. It's watered down. It's still it's still going to be a good red wedding. But yeah. yeah. Speaking of weddings, I like how they're introducing as many weddings as possible into the show. Because yeah. uh, I feel like they're going to introduce bronze wedding at some point. <laughs> later like in an episode or two as well because it's just i mean everybody and their mother like every news and media outlet has been saying oh the wedding there's a wedding there's a wedding and so if all you had was i mean obviously you need to have joffrey and sansa's wedding and 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 edmure's wedding but um i feel like I, i like how they're introducing them and not really giving more they're kind of giving more attention to sansa's wedding and whatnot um um so that viewers who are seeing all this talk and they're like, oh, I know something crazy is going to happen at this red wedding because everybody's been saying red wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I like how the show is kind of hopefully making them think about Sansa's wedding or, yeah. or Joffrey's wedding and not um, and not this little, you know, fray wedding between a character between Edmure, this character we barely know and a fray girl we don't even know. Like, who cares about that wedding? Nothing significant is going to happen there. 
Yeah, at least as long as we don't get any screen caps leaked again, because that would ruin... Oh! Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> asshole, someone posted it on Facebook, like, ten minutes after the episode had aired, too. So it's like, obviously, like, most people probably haven't even seen the show yet. Well, we'll talk about that. Some of them are even before it airs, I think. I don't know who's yeah. doing it and how they get it, yeah. but... We'll talk about that when we get to the okay. elephant in the room. That'll be the last thing we talk about. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you got lots of things to say on that. All right, so um, so yeah, that's Rob and the phrase and all that jazz. Uh, anything else on that, guys? Nope, just hope to nope, see more of Edmure. So. Right. Really <laughs> pissed off for what they did to Blackfish. Really <laughs> right. pissed off. All yeah. right, so let's move on to Hall, Jamie, Brienne, and Roose Bolton, and the infamous steak. Um, this I didn't have a problem with. I think the dress could have been uglier. This, this scene was good. In fact, this scene could have been longer. You could have cut the other stuff and done more with the scene. And I feel Cogbin would have done more with the scene. Oh, what else would you do with it? I feel like it, it played its hand yeah. and didn't need to. Hmm? I feel like it did what it needed to do. It didn't need to be any longer. Just trying to find that quote that I had in my Twitter. <laughs> if, if you want to see our raw thoughts after an episode, you can look at Twitter. We, we kind of organize them later on and calm down. Yeah. But uh, if you want to, yeah, check us on Twitter if you want to see our raw thoughts. But I was saying... Um, Where's that line? A thousand leagues of mountain, sea, and bog lie between my walls and your rock. Lannister enmity means little to Bolton. And then Jamie's like, Lannister friendship could be mine. There was like a whole conversation there that was good and they could have used. Not that I'm expecting them to, to put all of it there, but this was already a good scene and it could have been expanded more and dropped the crap mm. in the other part of the episode. So, yeah. Because <laughs> it's more subtle. Like, but I, I, know, I know it has to be simplified. That, that's the given. But I'm just saying yeah. they could have gotten more out of the scene. And at least I'm happy that they have it and it's good. So. Anyways, yeah, on. Uh, the Roose Bolton actor is doing a fantastic yes. job. Yeah, he's, he's really great. Good. All three of these guys are doing great. <laughs> Brienne looks so awkward in her nice, pretty dress. Yeah. You're saying it should have been uglier, like the dress? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not oh, saying. I'm just saying that she was given this beautiful dress, and she and you could just tell she. Oh gosh, she felt so uncomfortable in it. And just give me a suit of armor. You could just see it. I loved it. I loved it. It was a great non-speaking character point. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Um, so Roose doesn't. At this point, doesn't know anything about the Red Wedding. There's no plotting going on yet. Or is there? I think at this point, there isn't really. I th- maybe Tywin's extended... An offer you know, or something, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, talk to some North Lords being like, hey, you know, things don't work out with Rob. I'm here. Uh, I think it's the <laughs> phrase that uh, messaged Tywin about the possibility of the wedding, though, right? Like, it's them who make the offer, and... I was like, all right, it's on your head. So if you guys want to do this guess right stuff, go. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to stand in your way. That, that's true. It obviously couldn't be about the Red Wedding because we, the Red Wedding, like, the phrase don't even know that Edmure accepted a wedding invitation yet. Mm. Like, so obviously Bolton can't know about that. And so never mind. Uh, unless, we're, unless we're going with that whole, like, Talise is a spy theory that links to. Because <laughs> that's why Bolton never objects to them being together. It's just like, yeah, bro, go ahead. I don't want to, like, kill your, your thing here. <laughs> so so how does this work they um let me let me get the timing here and the red, red wedding timing here thing so edmure says yes word gets to bolton about the red about this marriage happening mm. so then as bolton says jamie back he sends him with quiburn and whatnot he sends him back and he says well here's your son back and <clears throat> like here's the plan or what, what well does- i think at the dinner they mentioned the wedding because or, or at least like jamie says send, send my regards right which he does later on. Yep. I, go, I have to look at that uh, full exchange again. But uh, so, so, is, so is the Red Wedding 
Jamie and Bruce Bolton's master plan, not Tywin's master plan? No, it's Tywin's master oh, no. plan. It's Tywin's. But, I mean, Jamie gets that line. I think Jamie can kind of see that Bolton's only looking at turning. That's why he says Lannister friendship could be mean much. Like, he kind of can see Bolton is open to turn. Not that he was, like, coward into doing, like, but he's just it's an opportunity to exchange here. Mm. Um because I mean, if they lose the war, Bolton always can just go back to Bolt. Like they'll 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 find their way back back there, right? But here's an opportunity. Back to Boltonville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think rise. Jamie ever had any doubt that you know the Lannisters would win this thing. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, when this thing crashes down, you want to be on the winning side. Hmm. Probably had some doubts when he was locked in that cold, damp cell. So we have a funny line where Roose is like, uh, "You're overplaying your position." Yeah. <laughs> <That was laughs> he's gonna good. say hand. But he yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good, yeah. I mean, Roos oh. has been good this season. I've liked Roos overall. So. Yeah. And he doesn't drink. Does he not drink in the books? He only drinks think. weird stuff. So. Oh, he drinks uh, milk or something. Oh, he has like the, what is that, Hippocras or something? Or? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. There you go. But that's all I, was, I thought that was interesting that he didn't there you drink go. here. So, so, uh, so Roos is going to keep Brienne at Harrenhal, but doesn't explain why. There's no uh, Sapphire talk or Vargo Howitt stuff. So she's, he's just going to keep Brienne because she's a traitor. That's yeah. what we get out of the show, right? Because she betrayed uh, Stark's army by taking hmm. taking Jamie. So that's why she's going to get kept. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Jamie, vocally, not happy. Um, yeah, I, I like that, actually, that they had that there. It showed that he want, like, wanted her with him. Yeah. And it's like, nope, you can't <laughs> put your luck here. He, he needs somebody to hold a stake while he cuts it. I mean, she can't leave him now. Well, apparently, apparently, all the the shippers were like delighted when Jamie put his hand on Brienne's hand. Oh yeah. Oh, can I talk about <laughs> how not secret that was? Like, Bruce Bolton's like, oh, you're not gonna be, you know, blah blah. Yeah. He says something bad, and Brienne immediately like grabs the knife, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's the most yeah. overt thing ever. What are you doing yeah. there? Like, I think it was Jamie is the one who would like threaten him with the knife before like it was funny like it was th- th- this scene i mean like it was a good scene and i'm not i'm not i'm not saying i want a one-to-one copy of the books but i'm just saying that like there was room to expand here yeah. and they could have dropped something else there yeah. so. it'll give the vid makers something to work with mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'll put that into a music video like Jamie, yeah. and then let's just keep showing the hand going over there <laughs> <laughs> but i liked it i liked it um all right, so uh, next we move on to Tywin and the Queen of Thorns mm. and their discussion about Cersei marrying Loras and if it's going to happen and uh, yada, yada, yada. So discuss. This is one that, you know, I, I hated at first, but after thinking about it, it's like, you know, I'm just pissed off because it's not the same as the book, but it's not really that big a deal. So I'll, whatever. Mm. Yeah, this was a scene to me that left me very empty inside. Um, this was this was this was this this scene wins my uh, candy award scene of the show uh, this episode because yes, we get these two awesome actors and yeah. they're 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 acting off of each other and it is so fucking fun to watch, man. These two are just having a go at it and it's so much fun. And then after the scene ended, I went, well, that well, nothing changed. Like, like nothing changed in this scene. Oh, it, it did change. What do you mean? Like she backs down at the end. Like yeah, she backs down from from him trying. Excuse me. She backs down from Tywin going to put Loras on the King's Guard. Yeah. And when going into the scene, we did not think Loras was going to be on the King's Guard, and we left knowing that Loras is not going to be on the King's Guard. Like oh what, that, what yeah, if you're talking about that, yeah. But I mean, in terms of like marriage, it solidifies that that Cersei is going to be with Loras. Like that's yeah. But we solid. knew that going into the scene. Well, we knew it. But we didn't know the Tyrells were going to accept or not. Yeah, well, might, we could have just have... avoided that and said they're getting married. <laughs> and boom. <laughs> you, you, well, you here, here's the whole scene. 
that this is the part that bothers me. It's it's like the, the the whole you know like they don't want to offend the Tyrells. Well, right now it seems like Tywin is pretty damn well pleased with offending the Tyrells. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, like, I mean, the thing is, in the books, uh, Sansa is the king's ward, so they can marry her off to whoever they want, and and that's you know nothing the Highgarden can do about that. The whole thing with Cersei and Lancel, Highgarden could very easily be like, nope. Offend mm. Tyrell, and you offend Red Wine, Tarly, Rowan, and Hightower as well, and perhaps start them wondering whether Rob Stark might be more accommodating of the desires. I will not have the Rose and the Direwolf in bed together, declared Lord Tywin, <laughs> which can be can be interpreted differently now. Oh yeah, with, with what goes down in Highgarden. <laughs> yeah, that was dire. another thing. Hello, twentieth century, you know, ideals yeah. being forced into Westeros yeah. for whatever yeah. we want to be politically correct or whatever you reason. See, Tywin, if see, it was a Dornish person saying this i would have mm. no problem but yeah. high garden no they yeah. don't they don't stand for that stuff in high garden they don't do that dornish weird kinky crap tywin was like kind of smiley what? at the start he was like smiley he was like he had this smile on his face which but because I mean, he i guess he was a smirk because he heard about like loris being the pride of high garden he was like <laughs> ah, pride like high garden pride parade or something like that <laughs> is the highlight of the year apparently like the, mm. if you want, if they had wanted to be in Dorne, right? It, it, it's Dorne that is more sexually open, right? Yeah. And that's like probably like the contracts with the Reach. It's probably yeah. why the, one of the reasons the Reach always like makes fun of them and vice versa. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like all of this, all of this may well be true. I mean, like in that culture in the Middle Ages or in Westeros or whatever, like the things might happen with, but like just the way that she brought it up. I and mean, if she was going to do it, she could she could like reference that. Oh, you haven't touched a woman in twenty five years or whatever, right? Because that's true apparently. So she could have brought that up. Be like, yeah. hey, and then and then he'd be like glaring at her because it's really because he loved his wife, or whatever, and he also has yeah. the horse. <laughs> and then the prostitute that's under his desk would make him famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I thought that. I mean, it, it was good to see the clash there between them, but it just seemed that he was too. He's gonna like, and he can't. He has no authority to put him on the. He, he can't appoint somebody to the king's guard. Like you make an offer to them, but like unless he's he's saying that Loras would be dumb enough to accept it, like Jamie did. There's no way to force him onto the king's guard, which I think was Elio's. Like I saw Elio's video, and that he was, he was pissed about. I'm not particularly pissed about it, but I did notice that mm. that problem. And like, yeah, you do that, and then maybe they'll they'll, they'll think that Rob Stark might be more accommodating to the desires. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where uh, you know J- Jamie is going to play a role in uh, you know putting Loras on the king's guard to get. Uh, you know, to save Cersei. Hmm. But still, I don't see yeah. how he can make Loras go on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I really don't know what they're going to do with Loras's character in the show. I'm really, because um, okay. him being part of the Kingsguard isn't that significant, right? I mean, the only thing it does, he gets sent off to Dragonstone to, to, yeah. to raid the he wall. He doesn't have to not, be but, in the Kingsguard to do yeah, that. Like exactly. Is, so. Exactly. The, the fact that he is the only male yeah. heir in Highgarden makes, you know, that that's a big deal. <laughs> they, yeah. they shouldn't be. They, they wouldn't be. You know, letting him go off and do all this stuff. Mm. Well, he has the freedom to do that, but I mean, to put in the Kingsguard. Like, do you recall what happened to the last man who was pla- who placed a warden's heir in the Kingsguard? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, f- I felt like this scene was a whole lot of fun to watch, but I felt like it was just the writers going, "We got these two great actors. Let's put them in a scene together. A scene that means absolutely nothing." That's what I got out of it. Mm. Um, fun to watch, pointless. I, I thought. I thought. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I, I thought it still had some meaning, but it just went off the table. I don't know. Mm. It, it's yeah. like, come on, Taiwan, just, just, 
If, yeah, if you convinced me. My uh, my whole giving it a pass. I've decided no. <laughs> I'm going back. I, 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 I just I, think I, I just think it. Tywin should just marry the Queen of Thorns. If they need a marriage alliance, there you go. Let's ship that shit. Just and they had the t- they had the convenient table there, and you know, like having stuff on the table doesn't get in the way. So <laughs> just want to see the Queen of Thorns just wipe all that stuff off the table and throw yeah. Tywin on it. <laughs> Good lord. And bugger his rose. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. Do you, th- do you think Ty- Tywin engaged in that sort of thing? Like, and that's why he was so, no. like, no. Do you think he was a catcher? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're asking? Oh, no, do you think he did that? Like, that's the way, or, or not? Like, in, in terms of Cho canon. I don't know what you're asking, but yeah. I think he sleeps with whores. I don't know if that answers your question. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I really don't think that it's, you know, that they got the whole Greek thing going on in uh, yeah. Westeros. I think their religion plays a part there. It, if Dorne is more that kind of vein. Okay, we're moving on. Right, so moving on, let's let's continue with our Loras discussion and Loras and Sansa. Here's where the episode, here's where a lot of characters transfer from scene to scene. So mm-hmm. we might go... Uh, this might get a little confusing, but um, yeah, let's head over to Sansa and Loras and, uh, and flamboyant his fabulous Bill. wedding plans. Uh, I, oh my god! I <laughs> at first I laughed, and then I yeah, thought about it, and I was like, I that was kind of awful. Um, at, at the beginning of the scene, it, it seemed all right, and it, it was kind of funny how clueless Sansa was. But then when they start getting into the wedding plans, and then you, you just start rubbing your temples, being like, "Why? Why are they doing this?" Mm. I, I, I was just like, "Whatever." Like it did, the scene didn't bother me, but I guess it bothered other people who thought it was like French sleeves or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, let's get this out. Right. He did not say French sleeves. He said fringe sleeves. For all those listening who haven't been up on the forums and whatnot, he said fringed sleeves. Yeah, that would have been a, a huge mistake there, though. Yeah. Like, like that's why I can see why people went crazy. But... <laughs> However, you, you're still welcome to say Thoros of France. <laughs> my my explanation for the French sleeves were uh, they were they were created by Eddard French, who's from Old Town. Oh, the Tyrells are kind of like France. That's the thing; they're kind of based like on France in some ways. But. <laughs> there we go. So, um, so yeah, this is yet another scene where uh, pointless. Like, what did we get out of the scene? They're going to get married. Oh, we already well, knew that. Sansa's looking forward to getting married, right? And then that's we knew that. Yeah. We knew that already. We, we, we needed filler. Like it's not like we have like a tons of material. It was kind of nice wait, to wait, see Loras not being. I was being sarcastic there. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Sorry. We need filler. You know, this book doesn't have enough <laughs> stuff there. We don't. I, I, thought, I thought it was kind of nice to see Loras being nice to her and kind of yeah. making a bit of an effort. I I like that. It made his character seem not less of a jackass. And, yeah. But again, the whole flamboyancy then ended up taking away and ruining the. It, but was a kind of okay throwaway scene. Yeah. yeah, there. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with being a flamboyant gay man. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But in the books, when I was reading it, I never took Loras as that type yeah, of character. Yeah, I, I saw I, if it was Renly, <laughs> then I could see it a little bit more. <laughs> he, he seemed a like, bit more inclined to put on a show. Yeah, like I, Loras is a badass knight in the yeah. books. He's fucking mm-hmm. like. Well, he, uh, he has a feminine look to him, but in terms of what he does, is, is yeah. Very he never had the the attitude I got. Like like I said, oh. when I was reading the books, I I didn't think that he was gay until later on. Like yeah. I, it never was young, me, but Renly struck me as being a little flaming. Mm. Yes, but even even the Renly wasn't as stereotypical as as. as yeah, no, show. he's not yeah. even as bad. Yeah. But at least him, I got I kind of got the vibe from. Whereas Ren- Loras, I did not at all. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like I, I got, I, I feel like Loris should have came into that scene, and he should have just been the just epitome of of of, of gentleman and, and honor and duty, and walked in and just been. This is what's this is what's going to happen, and I'm just going to do my nightly duty and all yeah. this stuff. He's got, he's going to go like Stannis to the to the war bed, yeah. <laughs> march into bed like that. <laughs> I mean, as the heir of Highgarden, he, he's you get. He's got to know that he's going to be sleeping with a lady at some point. Yeah. Like he's got to have to already come to that realization years ago that I, he's got to put a baby in some girl. Yeah, yeah I would have thought he would be more like kind of like Renly was with Marjorie. You know, like just you know, really nice, kind of like all right, well, we can be nice to each other, and then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that scene. Um, I don't have anything more to say about that one, but um. So then we go to uh, Tyrion and Cersei are watching this, and we have a moment. We have a sibling moment between the two. Uh, we're both. Yeah, fucked. what's up with that? What is up with that? What is? They up don't with like that? each other in the books. Why are no. they talking? That wouldn't bother me. That scene. Come on. The problem yeah. I get with, I mean, okay, so Tyrion asks uh, if Cersei killed him. Cersei doesn't say anything, and Tyrion immediately goes, "Okay, it was Joffrey." Mm. Um, I'm not sure where that. Like that's them playing it safe in case it was her. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess that's yeah. just the writers going. We're not sure, so we're gonna and we're not gonna give it one way or the other. But um, so Ty- Tyrion is under the impression that Joffrey tried to kill him at the Battle of the Blackwater. Um, which he brings up some good points too. Yeah. Like it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the books, it's uh, not quite just right in front of the castle. Yeah. There's the whole burning boats, and yeah. I'm sure there are not that many people like watching yeah. or paying Only attention. Only Podrick that was around, basically. Like that was it. Yeah. They're around this, like the near the water. Yeah. People oh, have also, other things to worry about. <laughs> also, they're setting up for Tyrion's guilt in the other later on when he kind of. Mm. You know, screws himself by saying, "Oh, uh, if it was me, I would have poisoned." Exactly. Oh, exactly. Actually, I agree. Um, well I thought the same thing. Yeah, when he's like, "Well, if he was smart, he would have just poisoned," because then nobody would have known who it was. <laughs> it's like, oh, Darren, you just signed your own fucking guilty by trial by combat. Like what? Um, and just another reason why he would do it now. Like it seems that he knows that Joffrey went after him. So yes. Exactly. They're totally setting up. They're totally setting up Cersei looking at Tyrion after Joffrey's death and being like, "You murdered him with poison. You told me all this. You're the stupid one. Like, yeah. you told me all this already." Um, the problem I have um, with this scene and and what they've been doing with Joffrey and Cersei is that Cersei seems to be in agreement with everyone that Joffrey is not the best king. <laughs> like, I feel like her reaction in the in the book, she fucking loves him, and he dies, and that's her son, and she goes crazy. In the show, when he dies, I feel like she's going to be like, I lost my son, but he was kind of fucked up. Oh, I think they can distinguish his role as a king versus being a son. Because yeah. even, even like mothers still love their sons, even if they do like the worst of things often. Yes, so, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree they're going to be able to do it. I just feel, yeah, it just, she seems so kind of... Uh, yeah, just, just that's just part of her general like she's kind of just tired kind of thing. Like it's just, yeah, it's, it fits like that. Really I mean, it's consistently she's been like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, All right. so that's that scene, and then um, so then we have uh, 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 that segues us into Sansa and Shay mm. um, getting dressed for I, I don't know what she's trying on wedding dresses. I'm not sure. Um, okay, Sansa, 
I enjoy Sansa in the show. I think I think um, the actress is doing a great job, and I, and I like that in the past couple episodes she's really kind of been like, all right, I'm starting to play this game. I know how this works, and that, and here she's taken down a notch again, and she realizes, oh fuck, I really gotta I gotta figure this out. I can't fuck around anymore. I'm not a young girl anymore. But um, she never seemed dumb to me in the book. She seemed naive, but not dumb. And when she asked Shay, do you think they'll let me invite my family? <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I wanted to slap her. I was like, no, your family, your family that you're at war with is not coming to your wedding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Not 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 her brightest moment. Yeah. So then, anyway, we have Tyrion come in, and uh, he's going to tell Sansa that he's going to marry her. Oh, can I just say something? If they're going to change this, like, I don't agree with the change at all. But if they were going to change it, could we at least see the change? You know, not off the camera. <laughs> nope. They're going to change it naturally. Uh, it was awkward. It was awkward scene. Like, I thought they caught that part of it, so. Yeah. And it was doubly awkward that Shay wasn't going to leave. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, right. so then... Um, Not happy with the change. Not happy. <laughs> well, Ashley already... I, I, I like the, the moments, you know, like, uh, where, where uh, um, when she's, you know, refusing to leave, and then, uh, you know, one of the king's guards is like, oh, is, is it a kettle black? I'm not sure if the kettle blacks are in there at this point. <clears throat> but one of them is, is like, I thought you were a wolf, and, th- and then that gives her the bravery to <clears throat> go through with it. Hmm. It's just one of those character moments that, you know, I, I like. You so moving on from there, we go to the throne room and Varys and Littlefinger and the Lysa Aaron of chairs. <laughs> um, I, uh, I liked it. I, I, I like this scene. I, um, they are, Varys and Littlefinger are certainly more overt in the television show. And I think we've had a problem with that in the past. Yeah. Um, past <laughs> and present. <laughs> um, we've certainly been vocal about it in the past, but uh, I, I feel like it works here. This is kind of Littlefinger's uh, "Peace out, King's Landing." Peace out, Varys. Yeah. I'm gonna do my own thing. This is my game now. I've got my castle. I've got my lordship. You can play around here when you want. I'm gonna start making real moves. Um, and uh, I liked it. Like. Being being behind the scenes is such a hard thing to show in a television show. I, I feel like Littlefinger is so quiet and so manipulative. And we don't even know what's going on with him in the books. And to do that in a television show, the character's not going to have anything to do. And so I feel like turning that around and making him um, really uh, showing how malicious he can get in, in a certain – in a revealing moment, in a pull-the-curtain-aside-and-see-behind-it moment. And I thought this was really – I thought this was a really powerful little finger part to show just how into this, how how fucking into this game he is. I, I think that's where my issue is, is that I never saw Littlefinger as really malicious. I saw him and Varys as being kind of on the same level, and they've been just kind of making Littlefinger this mustache-twirling villain, and this Varys is a, the savior of the realm. He's just trying to help out, and... That that's what bothers me. Like I know a lot of people like the scene, but I think it's more like the accumulation of what they've done to his character that is just at this point. I'm just like I can't stand his scenes anymore. Mm. They're certainly making it more of a struggle for him in the show. 
I feel like everything he did in the book, he kind of had control of, and he was he was in control of it. And 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 now seeing his arc happening in the show, he was really he was really struggling for the control. It was a lot harder for him, uh, particularly you know Cersei bossing him around, and this happened and that happened, and and um, to have a moment where he's been struggling this whole show and kind of getting stepped on left and right, and have this moment where yes, now he's got. He's got a castle. He's Lord of Harrenhal, and he's going to go marry Lysa, and he's going to be warden, you know, the veil over there and everything. It's just a moment where he just, he's got it. He fucking won the first, the first battle of this war. He won it. And to just, just fucking throw it in Vari's face, I thought it was really... Why, why is the first battle of this war Roz? Like, why is that <laughs> such a killer blow? It's like, wow, now I've taken out... Your queen. No, no, not not that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. getting getting a lordship and marrying. Yeah. Um, becoming... I mean, that was kind of already known. Like that was already. I guess he's okay. He's reiterating it. Yeah, it was <laughs> known, but they hadn't had a moment where he, where Varys and him did, the, you know, talk about it <clears throat> or whatnot. But um, yeah. So uh, um, how do we want to do this? He he monologues over a couple scenes here. Um, <laughs> no one had the sex. <laughs> Imagine that. So um. Yeah, we uh, Roz is dead. Mm. We got a couple more scenes. We got this, and we got the boat going away. So uh, let's talk about the boat going away first. So we have plenty of room to talk about Roz. So the boat going away. Little Sir uh, Sansa's crying. Um, she lost. She lost her opportunity to get out of King's Landing. Mm. She got fucked. Um, powerful moment for me. Uh, yeah. Greg or Fred showed up in the background. Um, it was beautiful. <laughs> Well, it shows what you were talking about, Ashley, before with um, Littlefinger making her feel sorry for not going with him. Yeah, I actually, I think what would have been, well, it's probably going to be a fanfic moment for me. But if if, uh, she actually, after she found out about Tyrion uh, having to marry her, she'd, you know, try to find him and be like begging him to take her with her, him. But uh, yeah, I I Mm. guess that probably wouldn't work out in the show. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was powerful seeing her crying and everything. And then so. and then we get the scene of Joffrey having used Roz as target practice. Roz did. Yeah, it was kind of surprising. I, I didn't think they were going to go there. But uh, it, I mean, basically, I'm going to say that I don't. I don't want to make a martyr out of the character and <laughs> to talk about it too much. Like many people, I wasn't like, oh yes, like she got shot or whatever. No, I'm just like, okay, the character's done with. Thankfully, move on. <laughs> I was more like, yeah. after all that, this <laughs> is her big finale. <laughs> I'm like. You, you couldn't have used her, you know. Yeah, if they way. were going to kill her, they could have killed her like the Dantos scenario, yeah. which would have been more of a surprise. But then again, she would have had to stick around for another four or five or six episodes. And then we would have <laughs> had like whatever amount of crap scenes. So we just just, just cut our losses and move on. Like, yeah. It's done. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> in the same boat. I, I feel um, I was a little underwhelmed by the moment. But, um, but yeah, I was, uh, I've never... <sighs> I've never been that <clears throat> hateful of Roz, um, but she was just kind of pointless. I felt. I know a lot of people think that you know she. We got to see the, the small folks' view through her eyes, and 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 he had moments. Except not she, really. No, there was a ton of other small folk they could have shown if they wanted to do that. Which yeah, I never like, really got that impression. I can't think of a moment that I was like, oh, thank God, Roz is here. That we can see this through her eyes, like. Um, yeah, but uh, there, there's a, there's a three lines between um, Littlefinger and Varys right before, mm. right as they're talking about yeah. Roz, that I think kind of summed up 
uh, as if as if us fans, us readers, were asking uh, Dan and 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 uh, Weiss and Benioff, like, okay, so you killed her. Uh, explain that. And Littlefinger says, well, she d- and she didn't bring you any enjoyment, and she didn't bring me any enjoyment. She was a bad investment on my part. I feel like that's Benioff and Weiss being like, you know what, we wanted to do something. It didn't really work, so she was a bad investment. We got rid of her. Well, that's, that's this interesting. <laughs> that's the interesting question: is was this influenced by the fandom? I mean, we were talking about at the con where there was nobody that liked the character, not a single person. And early on, they they, they said, oh yeah, we they realized there's a divide upon Roz, but it's not a fifty-fifty divide. <laughs> it's like a ninety-ten, if that. Yeah divide so was this influenced by that at all or i don't think so i don't think i think they're above uh i think they're above that they're they're writers who've created shows and they create a character yeah and i i feel like hated it or love this is their character they're going to keep working with or not i really feel like it came down to a point where they were like we've just got so much going on and there's so many important storylines happening and we don't we don't need this character in a way that we maybe originally thought we did. Mm. So, uh, so let's get rid of her. Not, oh my god, the fans want her dead. Let's let's get her out of here. Let's, no, let's... I, I'm not saying that's a driving factor, but that might be a factor in there. I, I don't know. I don't know if they if they finally realized because they realized there was a divide among it, but did, did they realize there was more than that was a factor? I think they they realized that they they had nowhere else to go. So you know. Time hmm. to. Well, they had lots of places they could have gone. Not that we wanted, <laughs> not that we wanted to go there. To the whorehouse. <laughs> Where do whores go? Yeah. Or they could have just retired her off peacefully and just not shown her again. In Westeros? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. I don't know. I felt like this was a very Martin-esque thing to do, where it's like, oh, we're following this character's storyline. She's going to be so important to the storyline at some point, and she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you sure George didn't write Roz's character in? <laughs> And they, they actually they match the people saying they match what Arya was doing early on when she was shooting, so yeah. they they matched it up. But I mean, it, yeah, and it fits. It, it does fit Josh Free's character. There's a I'm, whole I'm debate. About, oh, go ahead, Ash. So I'm wondering if uh, Marjorie will find out about this because right now mm. they're kind of making it seem like she can handle him. Yeah. And uh, maybe you know it, they're not plotting against the. They're they're gonna see how it goes, but they, they need something to make them really worry for her safety. Yeah, they can get that, that use far. out of it. Because they need that, they need to have a reason to kill him. If he's going to be manip- like they can manipulate him easily, they can do that. But if they can see he's going down this path, well, there's going to be trouble. Reason to kill him? <clears throat> you kill him because you can marry Tommen and take control of him much easier than yeah, him. Yeah, but still a huge, a huge risk. Like it, 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 she seems to have so much control right now that if it, she had that control, it wouldn't be worth doing. But if if this is going there, they can see. Oh, they've got another heiress. Coming because you know how what he did to his wife. So they I don't think we're it. ever going to hear about Roz's death again. I don't think it'll ever be brought up. Mm. I think we're done with it completely. Hands Good. clean. That's, that's, well, I still think something will happen between him and Marjorie that will, you know, be like, okay, not marrying this dude. Mm. Well, she's she's she plays the whole we're getting married up until the very end. There's never a moment where she's like, I'm not going to fucking marry this guy. No, but what she knew about what was going on is hard to predict. Like about like whether Joff- she knew Joffrey was going to die or not. And at this point, you know, Sansa's saying that he's a monster. It doesn't seem like enough of a word for her to risk, you know, regicide. Hmm. Like, oh, it's totally the Queen of Thorns. <laughs> well, maybe Queen of Thorns is going to be mad about what happened the, the last time, and she's be like, now I'm going to get my revenge and kill Joffrey yeah. off. Fun times. All right, so uh, yeah, moment of silence for Roz. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Mo- moving, moving on. Yeah. 
Moving on. Um, That's about it, really. Yeah, uh, number 31 on Twitter says, but now that Melisandre is roaming about freely and off script, what's to stop her from just resurrecting Roz? What, I ask you? I don't know. Roz is a northerner, so she's worked into one of Tom's kittens. (laughs) (laughs) Shadowbrook Ash says, I am much less annoyed slash horrified slash disgusted when it comes to show Ramsey. He just doesn't have the impact of book Ramsey. I was disgusted. You guys think it's creepier in the show, the book? What's going on? I'm sure it'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, we haven't gotten the whole, you know, married the woman and locked her away, and she had to eat her fingers to survive bit. So hmm. it's a little lessened without that. James Turner says, Rob emotionally blackmails Eddie into helping him win the war, having just said that when he wins, he won't give a fuck about what happens <laughs> anywhere that's not in the North. Yeah. What a dick. And he gives, gives away Harrenhal like that, too. It's just like, <laughs> yep, give away Hall. We're, we're fighting for the North here, but we're going West to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rob, what well, the fuck? It made I, sense do, do to they do even, that. Go ahead. Do they even have a goal in the show? Are they trying to just take over the whole realm like in, in the in the books he just wanted the north and the riverlands and here it looks like he's going for king's landing no he's going he's going for castle rock i mean the thing is he should, he should have gone for it last season to force tywin come west that had that purpose right now he he, uh, he can what is he he's not going to hold it let's say he takes castle rock he's still screwed like he lose so many men doing that then then tywin will come back and take it back like mm. it's too late to do this western thing that was last season this is like the after shadow of it but yeah yeah. Rayon Rayon Leon, or I'm sorry, I butchered that. Uh, the climb kept the climb kept making me think of Miley Cyrus. Now even Miley herself couldn't be as lame and cheesy as this piece of cheap junk. <laughs> sorry, I love that comment. That made me laugh. Um, yeah, so uh, that's what we got. Anything else, guys? No, I think we can talk about. Um, the, yeah, uh, I just that I hated the episode, and if I came across as being nice, <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> You're trying to fill in for Mimi, too, this week. <laughs> Just in case you didn't yeah. think I was mean enough M- about M- it. Mimi's is, is communicating yeah. to you as well. Uh, I didn't hate it as much. No, I didn't, I didn't hate the episode, I, but I do admit that it was the worst of the ones this season. There we go. Uh, we've gone through why. So. Sweet. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah, well, before uh, we, we say goodbye, I want to talk about uh, a portrait that was sent to us. Here's a link if you've seen it. It's the Pokemon of Ice and Fire. A portrait drawn by Vesuvius, also known in the past as Dick and Wanwoody. So, what did you this think? This picture is yeah. awesome. It made me all giggly. <laughs> so, what was your your reaction to it, Kyle? Because I think you were just kind of shocked just to be tagged in this photo. You're like, what's Yeah, uh, I don't know. It looks like I'm getting attacked in the butt by a Doug. You're, you're, getting, you're getting taken in the rear. Like, by a dick <laughs> Doug. Um, it's funny because I, I only played, um I only played the original Pokemon, the red and blue one. Mm. And um, so I don't know of all these new Pokemon, and I don't keep up with Pokemon. But um, Doug, Dig Doug, is that his name? Dig Doug was one of my most (laughs) Pokemon. Diglett. (laughs) Dig the choice. Him and uh, Sand Slash or whatever. So I like those guys. So good choice. Good choice. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which 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 dog I have. It looks sort of like a Cubone, but not quite. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But a- anyways, he's adorable, and I love that he's mine. <laughs> she updated the photo to make you more like Ashley Ketchum, like to give yeah. you a hat later on. So. Oh yeah, this is an older version. Yeah, huh? this is the older version actually. I'll put the newer one up when when we post this episode. 
Okay. But I thought it was cool. Nice work by her. I mean, I like sitting on the throne. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm I'm flattered. This is yeah. cool. That's awesome. Well, you remember Brock? Brock was I, I think crazy I wanna... about the girls, right? About the nurse or whatever. So there you go. That fits. Yeah. <laughs> Mimi He's looks about nurse like Jenny. she's two years old. I love it. <laughs> Yo, I mean, yeah. she should be saying, "Y'all, what's up, y'all? Get off my chair." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're on the you're on the the throne here. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that Pokemon don't hurt people. So that's you look like such a hippie. <laughs> I'm Gary. I'm Gary Oak, man. I'm the badass Gary Oak. So Gary Oak. Have, have you ever seen that meme where yeah. it's uh, everyone's eating food and then you know, and the caption's like, "What are they eating?" You never see any animals that aren't Pokemon. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, they, don't they fish for like Pokemon or something? Like, so yeah, they do eat them. It's actually it's actually animal cruelty if you look at it too deeply. So wow. just don't look at it too deeply. So, anyways, <laughs> you want to wrap it wrap it up the episode? Um, or you have to comment. Oh, no, not for the episode, I guess. Unless Kyle had any questions about the con that I missed, or I guess you guys covered it after I left. Uh, No, that's going to be episode, uh, actually, before this one even comes out, episode 107 should be... uh, Yeah, but you you weren't there for that. I'm just wondering if you had any any comments or questions. Uh, No, I I talked to you guys before. Oh, I guess you went to sleep. Uh, No. Okay. No, ma'am. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode review for um, episode six, The Climb. Uh, make sure you tune in next week for our episode review of uh, episode seven. That's a lot of episodes I just said. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you keep in touch with us on Facebook at Podcast of Ice and Fire, on Twitter at APOIAF, um, on YouTube at the same and uh deviant art and all that jazz make sure you chat with us on the forums we love hearing what you guys think about the episodes and everything else you contribute thank you guys so much um and uh we'll talk to you next week see you next time all right Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to say, long-time listener here, and wanted to give you guys a little voice memo, but um, I'm a huge fan of the show. It's going really well, and nowadays I believe there's probably hundreds, hell, maybe even thousands of podcasts or show reviews mainly out there, but um, this is the one I stick to. I like the format. I like how they're fanboys and girls, but uh, in the good sense of way that you guys are you're not like nitpicking too much i mean you know sometimes flip the tables and all that whatever but um not overly critical but the right amount of critical and the best part i like about it is i mean you guys are just you're vulgar when you need to be i mean i don't need some straight lace bullshit or whatever that's you know gonna pick it apart the way some guys do which is good i like to hear a little bit of that but um as far as episode recaps go and rereads um really enjoy this podcast it's going well Thanks.